This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. The Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig is the perfect start to set any holiday vibe. The Home Bar makes over 30 cocktails, brews, ciders, and more, all at the push of a button. From cosmopolitans to old fashions, each pod contains real ingredients and premium spirits. Insert the pod and let the Home Bar do the work. Go to drinkworks.com to order your Home Bar and see all available drinks. Drinkworks. Press play. Keurig is a registered trademark of Keurig Green Mountain, Inc., used under license. Please enjoy responsibly. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and I'm very happy to tell you that I will be detailing the Raptors' latest win, the Game 1 victory over the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, Philadelphia 76ers. 108-95, Game 1 victory, but first, let's talk about the sponsor. Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger's Personal Injury Lawyer sponsored this podcast, and thank you to him for that. Now let's get into the game. The game started out pretty well for the Raptors. They fought back from an early run from Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons getting loose in transition, mostly the latter, being Simmons getting loose in transition or even semi-transition. He was really looking to push early on. It also became very clear from the outset that the Joel Embiid-Marcus Saul matchup was actually going to be a problem for the 76ers. After flexing their muscles collectively, but mostly via Joel Embiid's absurd muscle size and I guess talent in the post against the Brooklyn Nets it's pretty clear through game one that they won't be able to do that in any capacity similar to what they did against the Nets against the Raptors Gasol was awesome against Embiid early on denied him a lot of really good post position the only points he scored early were when the 76ers worked really hard to create a switch and then they would just lob it into Embiid, and Embiid had a couple buckets that he made over two defenders, because obviously, if the Raptors lose Gasol, they're going to bring help side defense on Embiid. That happened early, but the Raptors had such a strong response, it was pretty much, we knew from the outset that Kawhi Leonard was going to be a very big piece of the puzzle for the Raptors in this one. That became very clear early on. It confirmed everybody's you know idea of what he'll have to do 
because the Raptors are going to want the ball in his hands most of the time, especially as, you know, a finisher, whereas Kyle Lowry is a creator and a potster, and he's going to do all that kind of stuff. We want Kawhi Leonard finishing. We like Siakam finishing, those types of things. Siakam and Leonard, both in different ways, open up this game, like, unbelievably well. So much fun. So successful. The Raptors went on a string to make 13 shots in a row. That wasn't from the start of the game. It was from, like, once the four-minute mark of the game came in, then the Raptors hit 13 in a row. A big part of that, Siakam in transition, Siakam in the corner. But more importantly, Embiid, the same as Gasol was doing in the first half against the Orlando Magic of Game 1, he drops on defense in the pick-and-roll. Kawhi Leonard is one of the most proficient mid-range shooters in the league. He's great going downhill and pulling up to his right. (laughs) It just happened that they ran a lot of DHOs and pick and rolls for Kawhi early on, and Embiid was dropping into the paint. So Kawhi got into a rhythm, and that rhythm continued throughout, but it started there. So much so that the 76ers completely abandoned the type of defense they were going to play on Kawhi early. They started bringing Embiid up, and they, they tried to challenge him, but that just resulted in switches and and a little bit more work for Kawhi but the outcome was the very same it was I don't know Kawhi was in rare air tonight and I think he finished he finished with 45 points and that's kind of absurd and he was 16 of 23 from the field so 45 points on 70 percent shooting no big deal just just normal things Siakam also had 29 and Siakam might have even been better from the field 12 of 15 80 percent what do you if you're the 76ers what do you do for that? Like how how do you how do you make that how do you make that stop? Especially since the Raptors those were the shots that they wanted to concede more or less. It wasn't anything that you can really scheme for. Kawhi was winning in one-on-one. Siakam was definitely winning in one-on-one. Anytime Harris was on Siakam, Siakam went to the post. I think he shot 4 or 5 against Harris tonight. 3 of those were post-ups. Siakam's ability to exist in the half court and in transition as a monster in both fields now is just a massive step in this game. Huge to see for the Raptors. Like I said, Gasol. Gasol played a really big part early on as well. He had a three. And if Gasol hits from downtown, this series could really, really get away from the 76ers in a way that they won't even push it past four if Gasol hits from downtown and can really challenge, and I mean challenge Embiid to step out, and Embiid starts having to play a lot farther away from the basket a lot more often, then the 76 are in deep trouble. So I guess that brings me to what I thought was the first mistake of the game. It's where the Raptors gave up the lead the first time. And that was Nurse's, I guess, idea or follow through on the idea of not matching Gasol with Embiid's minutes. And I understand there is a bit of a flex, there's a bit of an idea that you don't match up with the other team. You play, you make them match up to you. And I get that, but and there there is a bit of, you know, confidence that comes with playing that way. And there was no doubt that Gasol, Lowry, Leonard, Siakam all dominated the minutes without Embiid. But it seems to me that Ibaka can play similarly on offense to Gasol. Not similarly is the wrong word. He can provide some of the advantages on offense. 
that Gasol can, specifically against a guy like Boban Marjanovic, instead like instead of Embiid. So him going in the game against Boban seems like you're still winning that the same way Gasol wins that matchup. However, Ibaka is not going to win the matchup against Embiid the way that Gasol can. So it seems like you're trading in a version where you can have two advantages, one being slightly less on the side for an advantage that's quite large and then a, a large disadvantage going back. And that's what happened. You, we saw Embiid kind of get loose. The Raptors had to start paying a lot of attention to him. And the 76ers made their comeback. It it was kind of inevitable as soon as we saw that Serge was going to have to deal with Embiid. I, I honestly, Serge had three mental hiccups that weren't super fun to watch. He, he missed two box outs on Embiid in a span of two minutes. And he also, he missed a layup that should have been there. But he's just, he's not equipped to deal with Embiid. There's a reason that the Raptors traded for Marcus Hall, that Masai Ujiri got him, is because he is uniquely, he has the unique attributes to hang with Embiid over the course of a, a full playoff series. Whether it's four games, five, six, or seven, he can hang with Embiid for the full, for the full duration. And so going, and I just, I didn't agree with Nurse's, I guess, plan that he would just run his starters the usual minutes. I think that the, going forward, the clear plan should be that you play Gasol with Embiid's minutes, and then you ask Serge to dominate Boban as he should be able to. Like Serge was like he was in an All Star contention this year for the type of offense that he plays and the type of defense that he plays. We saw flashes of Serge's defense towards the end of this game where he was hovering on defense because he wasn't because Embiid wasn't in the game with him. You know, we like. Ibaka started gathering up. I think he had two blocks in a minute and a half, both really impressive. He started playing really good rim defense because he wasn't anchored down by having to sit in the paint and get bullied by Embiid. So I didn't like that decision. Also, Jody Meeks got playing time really early, which was surprising. Norm Powell wasn't super good in this game. He was just kind of like Norm Powell, Fred Van Vliet. I, Fred Van Vliet didn't play that much. Whereas Fred VanVleet's been playing like 27, 28 minutes most games. He played like 23, 22 in this one. So that was interesting to see. He wasn't very successful either. And I think that was mostly just the way they're being utilized as we've seen in the first round against the Magic. Fred VanVleet wasn't able to create away from Kyle Lowry, away from those people. So it wasn't particularly surprising that against the 76ers starters with Embiid that the lineup of VanVleet and Ibaka struggled immensely. So that was just the first thing. The Raptors starters, the Raptors main guys dominated this game throughout. I guess just to hit on more, Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam were sublime. I've, in my time watching the Raptors, you know, it's not the longest time I've been watching since like 2007, let's say, when I was just becoming, you know, a teenager. And I I didn't have the best analysis of the game at the time. But as I played basketball more and more, that became better, obviously. But I've never seen a duo have success like the Raptors, Siakam, and Leonard. DeMar and Kyle never reached that that level in a playoff game. Not together. They've both had great playoff games, and I love them both dearly. But they've never, they've never hit their ceiling at the same time like Siakam and Leonard did. And the fact that Siakam and Leonard are also like just phenomenal on defense as well. And completely, they 
just watching Harris, Tobias Harris, he was the guy that the Raptors wanted to shoot the ball. They wanted him to have to create. They didn't want him to, or I shouldn't say shoot. They didn't want him to spot up. They wanted Harris to have to create. They were forcing Simmons and Butler to pick up the ball on offense so often, and their rotations stunting, and their showing on defense was so good that it did. It forced a lot of awkward pickups for both Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler. And keep in mind, Ben Simmons actually played a great game. He was really good. Even like the limitations of his jump shot, definitely they shift how the Raptors play him on defense. But his decision-making was so swift, and he was almost always making the correct pass, and then sometimes making the pass that nobody else sees, as he, you know, he's a very transcendent passer, and, and he's got a different point of view being like 6'9", 6'10", and being able to pass that way. He's got different lanes to pass in. He was fantastic. Embiid was the one who had a tough game, and he was still you know, one of the biggest positives for the 76ers. So to harp on Gasol's work once more, great job. But yeah, Simmons, Simmons was great, but Butler and Harris, they were completely taken out of their game. They, they weren't able to manipulate the floor the way that they like, especially considering Harris came off a huge series against Brooklyn. He played really well. Butler, as we know, has been a huge annoyance or disturbance for the Raptors in the past, speaking of 40-point second halves, that type of thing. But the Raptors... The the job they did tonight, running people off the line and then forcing them to pick up the dribble or shoot on the move, it wasn't like they were dribbling into easy mid-range shots. It was like the closeout forced them to take the step in, but the step in was covered. So it's they had to take the step in and take two dribbles to the left and pull up going to the left or right. They just The Raptors' defense was forcing everything to be moving for the 76ers, for the ball handler anyway. And then without the ball handler, where the defense was just so good elsewhere that the ball handler was was left to make no skip passes, just pass directly to the next guy. And as we saw, like it was really great defense that caused it, but we saw Leonard get a couple steals late in the game, and it was because the the skip pass was always denied. Like the skip pass, the 76ers clearly wanted to make it all game, but it wasn't there. And later on in the game, they just tried it anyway, and they weren't successful. It just didn't work out for them. And that's that's a credit to the Raptors' defense, which was incredible tonight. And Kawhi and Pascal's work on offense, some of it came in transition. Some of it came spotting up. But a lot of it, and this is the part that makes me feel most optimistic going forward, a lot of it was just them being better than the person that's matched up against them. They were, able to, they were able to create in so many different ways, a myriad of ways. And they scored a lot of different ways. They both passed well. I mean, Gasol dunked because Leonard had this really great drop-off pass. And just rewarding to see that kind of stuff. Just really fun. And I, I was very happy with it. Mitchell Robinson Award goes to J.J. Redick for his strange acting where he... And I seriously don't think I'm being biased when I say this. I seriously don't. It looked like he was smacking his own face into Danny Green's arm. And he did it twice. And it resulted in him bleeding from his lip. He also, he banged in a bunch of triples. He was very important to the 76ers offense. But that was stupid. I I seriously, I, I pride myself. I didn't 
complain about the refs at all during any of the podcasts from any of the reaction podcasts for the magic games i don't like to talk about the refs at all generally and my god i don't think i'm biased when i say he was smacking his own face into danny green's arm in in his efforts to draw an offensive foul on danny green it was not successful at all he got a bloody lip and then a technical is just jj reddick man is jeez and he's from duke so automatic villain for that one sorry if there's any duke fans or duke alum listening but that's that's the case uh the reggie evans award goes to Kawhi leonard why because that is one of in my lifetime and mind you i was like six years old when vince carter put up like 50 but in my lifetime of let's say in my time of watching basketball there's never been a better performance with the Raptors jersey on, save for like 37, 36 points from Kyle Lowry or DeMar, you know, one of his great games against the Bucks, let's say. But man, man alive, is Kawhi Leonard so damn good. He was, he was great on defense. He worked hard on the glass. I'm pretty sure he grabbed 11 boards. Yes, he had a double-double, 45 points, 11 rebounds, 70% from the field. And he, and he stuck a couple threes. He seemed to always have the response regardless of what was going on. He dunked a couple times. I just, he, he was everywhere. And we're lucky to have him playing for the Toronto Raptors. That was, that was just a whole mess of fun. It, I've really never seen the Raptors operate this way. And it's so rewarding that they do. I just, I've, I've never had it like this. And, and I'm very happy. Um, I guess we'll go to the uh, the quick reaction comment, and I will respond to it. Just going to find it here. Van City B-Ball, a returning commenter. Uh, definitely, I've read a comment of his before. Van City B-Ball, it almost felt weird cheering for Leonard tonight. I'm not used to having such a talent like this, especially in the playoffs. I've never felt spoiled by watching someone play before. Not like this. Yes, Leonard is, he is transcendent. He, he's done things for he's done things with the Raptors jersey on that haven't been done before, which is is really nice to watch. But also in my games, the games I went to this year to cover, it was one of the one of my takeaways. And this isn't in the face of your comment, but just to add on, Pascal Siakam. And this is what I told, you know, my friends that went to the game as well. I said, hey, Kawhi isn't the like you'll remember watching Kawhi. But you're really, really going to remember watching Pascal Siakam. Siakam plays such a unique blend of basketball, and he's succeeding in a way that we never thought he would. We always knew Kawhi was going to be this, but to have Siakam step up and be whatever Siakam is next to him, so rewarding. And yeah, I totally agree with you, Van City B-Ball. Definitely. The Raptors win game one. They completely dominate the 76ers, and uh, I'll see you back here after uh, game two. Well, also, the weekly podcast will be coming out on Monday as well. So maybe for that, too, if you listen to that. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, whether you listen to this in the morning, at night, whenever you get around to it. Have a blessed day. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. 
So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.